by myself today. Hi everybody, it's Jonathan. Welcome to episode 62 of Ranking the Beatles. I'm rolling solo today for the first time ever. I will completely understand uh, and not fault you if you go ahead and turn this episode off right now because Julia is not here today. Uh, I wouldn't blame you. I'd be a little sad because I think we have a really good episode, but today Julia is not with us. Uh, my bandmate slash best friend, Stephen, uh, is getting married uh, in December, and today is his fiance's bachelorette party, uh, hen party, I think some people call it. I would never equate my wife to fowl, <laughs> so I, I hesitate to use that term. Uh, it's okay if you do, though. Uh, but anyhow, she was not available today, and we had to reschedule this uh, this episode's taping um, obviously due to the hurricane a while back that kind of threw a wrench in our schedule. So you just got me today, gang, and we're going to roll solo. I, th- I, th- I think I can do it. I hope I can do it. Not going to lie. I haven't done it before. So I'm a little on the nervous side, but, um, thankfully we've got some old friends coming back to chat with us today. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, really excited about it. If this is your first time listening, welcome to ranking the Beatles. What we do here is we've ranked all 223 songs uh, recorded by the Beatles and put them in an order that I think is my least favorite to most favorite, and each week we talk about them with some friends. Uh, This week, we got coming back to our show, some of our earliest pod pals, super excited uh, to reconnect. Uh, We discovered each other's podcasts early in our, uh, our mutual existences, uh, and somehow just connected and became good, good buddies ever since then. We've been on theirs a few times. They've been on ours a couple times. Uh, they are going through the Rolling Stone magazine top 100 albums of all time and discussing them in comparison with uh, current albums. Um, and it's a super, super fun podcast called El Vanilo. And they are back on our show and I'm super excited about it. So let's go ahead and just hop into the thing this week. Please welcome back to the show, in no particular order, Matt, Adam, and Grace. Welcome to episode 62 of Ranking the Beatles. How are you, my friends? So good to be here. Thank you for having us. So good to see y'all. It's been a while. How are things going in El Vanilo land? (laughs) They're going okay. You know what? When the world opened back up, we realized, wow, it's quite hard to do a podcast at the same time as doing everything else we used to do. And Mm -hmm. so... That, that's the real challenge, so we, we're we struggling to, to <laughs> do it, <laughs> but, but we're trying to make the time, So yeah. Um, yeah. but we're having a great time, and we're finally getting to a point where, in our opinions, humble opinions, mm. we're getting to some good albums, which yeah. is, which has only been a year of doing it. Right. <laughs> so, well, and then also, like, so y'all have nice. to, like, kind of rethink the, the operation when Rolling Stone changed their list. 
So like that kind of throw okay. that threw a whole thing. Them, yeah. <laughs> Those bastards. <Yeah. laughs> how are you? How are you finding the new list versus the old list at this point? Now that you're like well <sighs> into the new one. It's it's. So the old list, you look at it and go, oh, I know, I know these people, I know these albums, great. Um, but the the newer list had more. It was more diverse, which is great. Mm-hmm. But we're all for that. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it was diverse. With genres that I don't think any of us listen to, no. right? As in rap, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> which, which none of us listen to, um, or are big fans of. I don't think really. Although Grace no. can rap, she, she's really she spits. Oh. She has a mean flow. Are you in a crew? Are you part of a crew? Right here, right here. Um, <laughs> oh I could God. say I'm part of a crew. Yeah, I could start my own. Yeah, I think I'd get a good following. <laughs> I'm totally down for this. Just start an Instagram account for it and let it just happen organically. <laughs> Build the fandom I mean, online first and then become a real rapper. That's the way. Build it exactly. and they will come. Exactly. The whole question anyway, what is better? Like mm. the best album of all time. Really? I mean, nobody knows. It's all opinion, isn't it? So yeah. it's it's all a bit of a flawed system anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I think in our opinion, the we haven't looked at many albums which we think is anywhere is anywhere near the best <laughs> yeah yeah basically we're gonna write the rolling stones and tell them that they're wrong yeah. <laughs> and- I, t- I told someone that and they were like so you've dedicated your life for a year <laughs> to just listening to bad albums <laughs> yeah, that, 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 yeah. that is how it looks but even yeah. that even that is they're just bad in our opinion some people yeah. love these love albums them. but yeah. we're just every week to go this is terrible <laughs> how are you finding okay we'll get- uh, oh, i'm sorry I was going to say, we get followers each time that we do a certain album who are like hardcore fans mm. of that album. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, well, you probably shouldn't listen to this because you probably just slated it. <laughs> it's a podcast that nobody should listen to if your favorite band is on it. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for like hardcore fans of The Who to come on so like Adam could just smash it to bits. <laughs> just... I mean, they should rethink their lives in general, in my opinion. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Though. I'm sure they're lovely people. Lovely people. <laughs> How are you finding the current albums, the crop that you've been choosing from recently to, t- mm. to discuss? Yeah, it, well, we've done a lot of Jay-Z, which is disappointing. Yeah. But um, I, no one can fathom why Jay-Z is a thing. But, <laughs> but, but, but Rock and Roll is, Hall so, of Fame you know. inductee Jay-Z. Yeah, so, <laughs> but, Somehow. so we'll talk about him. But, I mean, this week's album is Graceland by Paul Simon. And mm-hmm. so... We all listened that, to that together mm, yeah. today and we were loving it and having a great time. So that is like the, the little bit of, you know, a seed is, is growing and flourishing and yeah. hopefully there's some good albums. But, but looking against the modern albums that we're listening to, mm-hmm. I think they've been stronger. Mm. More, really? More strong. Yeah. More often is the case, they'll be better. Mm-hmm. So when we did um, like... Uh, What's it, what's it? I've forgotten them, but what's her name? Um, the TikTok star or whatever that Olivia Rodriguez. Olivia Rodriguez's album, incredible, and was so much better than whatever mm. album we listened yeah. to that week. I don't remember the album that we listened to that week, yeah, but I'm forever listening to, to that. To Which Olivia originally, Rodriguez. with the first list, with with who who did we have like Bruce Springsteen and we had oh, don't take the mic. um, <laughs> don't take the mic out of Bruce. No, stop. no, we were always saying that the like the OG, OG albums. albums were far better. We were like, music just can't stand up today. But now with this new list, we're being a bit more like, oh, yeah. Well, it's a bit great. Yeah. Well, and also you're like getting more, you're, like you're having more like contemporary albums against super contemporary yeah. albums. Because like, yeah. well, yes. Jay-Z album, like, I, I'm trying to remember which one y'all had recently. Was it Reasonable Doubt? Maybe. I can't remember which record it was. Uh, 
the blueprint. Yeah. Blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's think. not that old. Like that. It's not like a Led yeah. Zeppelin fifty year old album. You know, like this is yeah. still something no. that gets like regular airplay. Uh, yeah. So you're comparing yeah. relatively current things, but uh, it's yeah. it's interesting. I wonder if it's is some of the stuff that you're hitting on the list that's newer. Is it maybe that it's a touch dated in like some of its production or style? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but, I I think so. I I think the the Jay Z stuff dates really quickly. Mm. Yeah. But then sure. I listen. But then when I I have certain friends and they're like. But the groove is so sick, mm-hmm. and like they're they're not they're not listening to whether the sounds are dated or whatever. They're they're listening to the feel and different things, or like mm-hmm. the flow of the rap, and mm-hmm. and they're things that we can't we can't count, comment on because we we literally just don't have a clue. You know, yeah, for sure. Apart from Grace, so, <laughs> apart from Grace, yeah, she's got real real thoughts it, about it. What it is as well is with the like the Led Zeppelin albums and, and Beatles albums and um, even the Zombies and stuff like that. Those albums have gone from being popular at the time they came out to fade into obscurity, back mm-hmm. into popularity because mm-hmm. of that cycle. Whereas the newer albums, like the Jay-Z album and stuff that are on this list, haven't had the chance yet to go through that cycle of mm. being rediscovered by a new generation. Yeah. Billy Joel now. <laughs> it's because, you know, it's like, yeah. Billy Joel yeah, yeah. was like big in the 80s, faded kind of in the 90s and early 2000s. But now the kids are discovering him again. And people love them. Yeah. So I think everything has these cycles, don't you? And so, so you give it twenty years, and everyone will be like, "Have you heard about this fella, Jay Z? He was back then, and people, people will love him again." You know, what you mean? heard about this I guy that's married no to Beyonce? Rapper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he's a good Beyonce rapper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens in years to come. Completely unBeatles related. Uh, you mentioned Billy Joel. I, mm. how is Billy Joel's popularity over there? Like when you mentioned him, I found that interesting because I always see him as a very American artist and I've never Mm -hmm. known like what his international reach. I mean, I know, I know he was big in like Russia. Like he had like a live album from Russia, (laughs) which is, I mean, it's weird, but uh, how does he translate over in the, in the UK? I think he, I don't know. But one thing that did happen in the early 2000s was Uptown Gale was covered mm. by one of Westlife. But yeah, one of the best bands to ever exist, Westlife. Um <laughs> which of this I don't know if you ever heard of Westlife. I've heard but they of, were this yeah. Irish yeah head of Irish band, um boy, boy band. band. Mm-hmm. Um in the, yeah, in the very much the end sync sort of vibe, but without the dancing or the crispy hair. Um <laughs> and yeah, and they did a cover of Uptown Girl, which I remember being quite popular. Yeah, really popular. Yeah. But mm-hmm. apart from that, I don't think many other people I don't think Billy Joel is anyone's But I think because of TikTok and things, mm-hmm. kids think that they've suddenly rediscovered him. Yeah. yeah. I got a friend I got a friend who's the biggest Billy Joel fan. And I, I don't really I ask him about it and I'm like, So what is it? And he's like, It's everything about him. And I'm like <laughs> I'm like, that's not helpful. That's <laughs> kind of the thing. Like, I, like, I, I still don't get it. I don't get it. But uh, he loves him, man. Like, he's, you know, he's such a strange artist. Because, like, he changed his kind of, not his style, but, like, he very much, like, developed consistently. Like, every album was a little bit different. Um, and he was, like, the kind of, like, archetype of, like, dad rock. Like, before dad rock was a thing. Like, it was a, he was dad rock when I was a kid. Um <laughs> Like, I remember, like, he had this album in the 90s, uh, River of Dreams, and it was, like, super popular, and he came out with, like, these, like, Ray-Bans on, but you're like, this dude's, like, 50, and he's trying to, like, (laughs) play it, like, he's rapping a little bit, and, like, what's happening here? Um, 
Yeah, but it's very strange. And, like, he uh, kind of just, like, chilled out for, like, maybe 15 years and, like, did nothing. And uh, I don't know if y'all know this. He does this monthly concert at Madison Square Garden in New York. And he's been doing it, I think, now for, like, maybe 10 years, once a month. And it sells out every month. He holds the record for, like, most number of sellouts at this venue now. Because it's, like, it's 10 minutes from his house, basically. And his thing is, like, I will do this until I die as long as it is good business. But, like, he doesn't have to tour much now. Like, people go to New York to go see Billy Joel. Like, it's... Like a residency in the garden? That's essentially (laughs) what it is. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So... We've been talking about a podcast um, in our family called We Didn't Start the Fire, which is a history podcast that goes through that whole song and takes <laughs> every person one by one. So it goes like... Um, it, it exists already? Each person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah on okay. that list. And so like... Yeah, sadly, we couldn't make that a thing because yeah. that is a <laughs> so genius <good>. idea. <laughs> but, um, but I've heard of a lot of people who are like into podcasts who are well into that, like doing music and history. Mm through billy joel which is which is crazy <laughs> i so think it's cool crazy. i love it oh my goodness um how did you guys have you all gotten a hold of the recent uh let it be reissue has that entered your your world at all yeah yeah what I'm about sure. you grace all over it i'm sure i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. i've had i've had the song <laughs> nice me and adam are super pumped yeah i can't wait for the doc yeah as um, well I'm just so excited. Have you listened to all of the, the new Super Deluxe? Yeah, um, I've listened to the, the remasters um, songs, but I've not listened to like, any of the other stuff, if it comes yeah. to any other stuff. I, I've, get, I've been way into it. I've been mm. having a bit of a moment with them. Um, the song Let It Be Right. Mm. Oh, you were talking- oh, my goodness. It's such a special, <laughs> spiritual <laughs> song. Yeah. I, I really, you know, I... I probably listen to it most days at the moment, <laughs> but I don't know. It's a bit intense, but I but I really get a lot of like. I just think it's amazing. I think some of some of Paul's stuff at the moment, just it's like, just really oh, doing a lot for me. Well, just like some of the lyrics when all the broken-hearted people in the world agree, you know what I mean? Things like that, and there will be an answer. And then the lyrics about like when the darkness. Oh, I'm gonna I'm butchering lyrics, but about the darkness and then the morning comes and when he wakes up to the sound of music mother mary comes to me i think it's just so spiritual mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and like just it's still like however many years later it just resonates with me in an amazing way but um i've been loving all that stuff i've been the only thing i don't love about it jonathan is having to listen to bill specter's mixes <laughs> In a in high quality, just, just in high quality, yeah. That's, 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 that's even worse. I'm like, oh. yeah. like the long and winding road. I have to listen to his mix. Yeah. They oh at least God. pulled like they pulled it back a little bit, which is like they did. It's nice, but yeah. And they did mix it better, like later on in the long and winding road. Like it's really big, whereas mm. Phil Spector's version is like it's just big the it's whole time, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's really obnoxious. Whereas like the end of the song, you're like, wow, that really did build, and that. That was kind of nice, but yeah. you know, so yeah. but I've been really loving it. What do you think of it, Jonathan? I'm a fan of it. This is actually the first one of the big, like super deluxe things that I've bought. Um, not oh, for any reason like that. I was, I'm not buying it. I just never got around to it. Um, and now that I have a Beatles podcast, I feel like I'm obligated to buy all the stuff all the time. <laughs> um, Such a bad. Yeah. It's a burden. Um, it, I, I like it though. I like all the, the bonus stuff is really nice. I like the, um, the Glenn John's get back album that is on there. Like it's much more raw yep. 
um, and, you know, yeah. kind of off the cuff feeling. I really enjoy that. Um, some of the earlier takes are like really like energetic and, you know, fun. And I, I, I like it. I mean, I'm curious to see if there's another album to be released with the documentary as like a soundtrack because you still haven't gotten yeah. like the full rooftop concert and a lot of other stuff that they're doing that will no doubt be in that six hour of documentary. Um, so I'm sure there's another thing that I'll, you know, have to buy at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really love those mixes. I remember listening to come together and like, being, this is really stupid, but like being able to hear like John almost like breathing yeah. on, in my ears. And I was like, that's the closest I'll ever get to John Lennon. Yeah. I, I know that sounds really Grace's the, the disdain in Grace's face at the idea of being that close to John Lennon. But, but for me, that meant so much. I yeah. like really like. I teared up, Grace. I'll be honest, I teared up. <laughs> oh, but yeah, and then I, condensation in your ear. <laughs> my, face, delicate... my face was wet. Yeah. <laughs> and I assume uh, I've heard everybody in Liverpool is very, very excited about the brand new multi-million dollar Beatles tourist uh, complex that you're going to get yeah. <laughs> yeah, very soon. It's a, bit, it's a bit awkward because nobody in Liverpool is happy about it because... We've already got like three. Because we've already got three. <laughs> well, something like that. There are poorer communities that are like struggling and things yeah. like that. And, I mean, this country is in a yeah. bit of a bad state yeah. with Brexit and things. Mm -hmm. However, I can't wait for it to open and I'm looking forward to visiting. <laughs> we However, we're get. totally going to go. <laughs> <laughs> the kids, the kids can't eat, and you know none of them can read because libraries are closing down. But we get to uh, go through the yellow submarine experience. Free admission so under three. Just won't be happy. Three hundred. <laughs> yeah, it will be. Free oh my god. Yeah, I, I th that's that's a very interesting choice. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so I'm it's curious to see what that turns. And it's going to be down at, at the at the docks. Is that correct? I don't know where it's going to be. I think so. Yeah, probably be up here. Ed. There's already the Beatles, the Fab <laughs> yeah, Four. Yeah, there's store. a. All that. Yeah, we we don't need another one. No. We, like we just don't. But we could do with feeding children. That that right. would be helpful. You know? <laughs> but, you know. just, it's a shame we have a government that hates children. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here, Sorry. folks. You heard it here first yeah, on yeah. ranking the Beatles. <laughs> that, that's that's the the British political stance. We hate kids. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, gang, why don't? We uh, get into this week's uh, song, shall we? I know we've talked a little bit about Let mm. It Be, um, but we're going to talk about a song off of Revolver uh, this week. Grace, I know you're kind of the least Beatle-centric of the group mm. here, historically, mm. as we know. Uh, what is, Have you listened to the Revolver album? Are you familiar with it, versed in it? Um, I wouldn't say the whole album back to back, <laughs> you know? Um, but, but sure, you know, snippets. Here and there, okay. snippets. Okay. Um. Well, I mean, let me just see what is on the revolver album. <laughs> How are you as a George fan, Grace? How does George sit as with all of you? I guess. I oh. I appreciate the underdogness of George. Is that a word? The underdog nature. Is, no. We'll make it a word. I like it. Um. And yeah, so I've been around the Beatles Museum, and they do a good job right at the end when you've seen all. It's all wonderful. And they have a little section of like, this is why. George is, is better than the reputation that he gets. And I appreciate it. And it made me like him more. Nice. So, okay. I liked it. I like him. What did you think of George? He, so my favorite Beatle often floats about. It depends on what I'm listening to. But mm -hmm. George is often often up there. I think some of his solo stuff is the best out of the three of them. Yeah. yeah. Four of them. But, you know, I don't know whether he can't bring his solo stuff. Um, but, like, George often 
I I follow a few Instagram accounts. One of them is a, is a Harrison archive, so it get, brings pictures of of life and like quotes and stuff like that from Olivia and Danny and stuff like that and the people who knew. And he just always comes across as being the wonderful, very funny, very kind, the the nice people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure he wasn't always. I'm sure he had his moments. Sure. But he always out of out of the four of them, always comes across as the one the the one of the people. Mm-hmm. It just you'd really like to get to know. He'll be in his garden, be gardening, and then even in his younger days, he'd still just be the, the, the quieter one, the funnier one. Yeah, that's why it comes across to me. I, I'm always a fan of George. Yeah. We, do you know what we don't we don't talk about George's guitar work and no, like but honestly, he is an he's an electric guitarist yeah. like so so good and like the way he bends his like strings and like he like plucks before the bend has come down mm. and like pre-bends I, like i think i think his playing is is amazing i spend like a lot of time learning george riffs and never get anywhere near how good he actually is and it's not to do with like how quick he is or he's a shredder or anything like that but it's all about feel and mm. it's He's an, he's an amazing player, I, just absolutely amazing. I'd say as well, his voice really gets overlooked. Yeah. I think so. The early demos, Beatles, uh, when they were like the Silver Beatles and stuff like that, Three Cool Cats, which he does some singing on stuff, is really good. And the BBC sessions, he always sounds really good. Roll over Beethoven always was great. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's something and while my guitar gently weeps, which is great. I just think his voice when they used to play live, didn't they on them. Uh, all my loving, yeah, George he, would take the final verse. In the, in the last chord of the verse, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think that sounds so much better than just Paul doubling the vocals. Up. Same, and I just think his voice often gets overlooked as well. It's just mm-hmm. and that's yeah. interesting, also, because I think his voice is probably the one that sounds the most in line with his actual like speaking voice and accent when he sings. Like John yeah. and Paul mm-hmm. sang very Americanized accent wise and george's accent stayed very british when he's saying like he always sounded kind of the same um mm. which is me i wonder if that maybe like leads to why like his voice doesn't get considered as one of those like you know great voices of all time when i, I would argue it probably is mm. just i think it's interesting going back to the let it be stuff like i watched the original let it be film and like the the bit where he brings i mean mine in it's like, well, I've got this song if you'd like to hear it. He's like, he doesn't, he's like so apologetic the way he brings it forward. Mm-hmm. And like, I I don't know. I just, I think if he'd a bit, been a bit more like John and Paul and a bit more, no, no this is the way it's going and right. this is my song. And, or even like the way when you hear some of his demos, they sound a bit rough and like a bit unfinished and not sure where he's going. Mm-hmm. And maybe ap- apologetic, like he's, He's really a bit shy about it, and I I think like that does him a disservice because often the songs that he would write and the things that he would produce was as good as you know it might not be as quick and there might not have been as many songs, mm-hmm. but he always stood up with great material. Yeah, well you know, and it's it's funny also because I think you know by by that point and let it be, um, he had brought in a handful of songs that were that would end up on All Things Must Pass, and John and Paul were like meh maybe not so there's that point where he leaves where he quits and then when he comes back he's like well all my songs are off the table i don't want to do anything except we'll do uh you know um 
uh, for you blues for you blue yeah and yeah he's like it's just something that he's kind of tossed off it's got no real weight in his head compared to everything else um so yeah it, it's a weird place to be in that when he's like if you'd like to hear it because i know you probably don't care but you know yeah, you almost feel and, and, th- and this song today is kind of in a similar situation where they're recording revolver and they've got to get like four more songs and they're up against the deadline and john can't come up with anything and george already has his two songs on the record and paul's like you got anything else and he's got uh isn't it a pity which another mm-hmm. like a standout track on all things must pass uh he has in 1966 and they're like eh, what else you got <laughs> Like, so like their bar, like their barrier for entry is very strange. Like all these songs yeah. that become these like massive classics are like, meh, what else you got? And the, and the amount of time they spend on stuff like mm-hmm. Maxwell Silverhammer gets 17 million weeks to spend yeah. on it. Yeah. So, and they, they spend forever on it. And like when I heard them doing that on like some of the Let Be stuff, I was like, will you just pack it in? Like, will you just, <laughs> will you just stop? Doing, like put that anvil away. But, but literally like. But George, they gave like, okay, we'll do this for an afternoon. Yeah. And if it's not done, it's not going on. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I just think it's crazy, man. It's just crazy. Jeff Emmerich had a actually discussing this song in particular for this week. Uh, Jeff Emmerich was quoted as saying, like, it always felt like you were under the gun time wise on a George song. Like, you had two sessions at most. Whereas John and Paul songs, you were going to work as long as it took. And whatever, That's you it. know, road they wanted to go down, you were going to go down that road until you figured out what the answer was but george's were like let's go let's go what else you, we gotta go so yeah yeah let's hear it for george man let's, let's hear it for george, george harrison <laughs> yeah. well uh let's uh let's turn it to this week's song then uh coming in at number 155 this week is i want to tell you In the summer of 1966, the Beatles are working on what would become their landmark Revolver album. Now, as they're getting close to the deadline to complete the record, Paul's got a few more songs to work on. But, as mentioned previously, John's struggling to come up with new material. Now, they've already recorded George's customary two songs, Taxman and the full-on Eastern track Love You Too, which, sidebar, began its life as an untitled track that was temporarily named Granny Smith. Um, Now, he's even got uh, more songs in his back pocket as well. According to author Mark Lewison, he's offered up Isn't It a Pity, a song that would go on to become one of the most well-known tracks on his mammoth solo debut, All Things Must Pass, in 1970. But in 1966, the Beatles choose to pass on that song. 
They do, however, agree to work on George's new and as yet untitled song. He was not big on titling his songs, apparently, when he first would bring them to the table. Uh, so by 1966, George started immersing himself in Eastern philosophy, religion, and music. Uh, he's begun studying the sitar on his own earlier that year, and Indian music is starting to take more importance to him than rock and pop. And actually, on June 1st, he meets sitar master Ravi Shankar and convinces him to become his sitar teacher. Uh, he's growing so fast as a person and as an artist. He's expanding his mind and his outlook on life via learned experiences, uh, art, books, mind-altering chemicals. And he's sometimes finding it hard to kind of relay the things that he's feeling and seeing and thinking to the world around him. And this new song is a complete expression of that, from the lyrical confusion to the chordal dissonance within the song. So it's no surprise when the Beatles begin working on this new track the day after he meets Ravi Shankar. Uh, this track has a very heavy Eastern influence, even though it's rooted uh, in a guitar riff and a pop song. Uh, when George Martin asked for the title of his new song, Harrison replies, I don't know. Uh, Lennon then calls it Granny Smith Part Friggin' 2 and mocks George for never naming his songs. Uh, so they begin working on Granny Smith Part Friggin' 2. Uh, it takes the band five takes to get a master rhythm track. Take three is the winner, features Paul on piano, George on guitar, Ringo on drums. Overdubs are then added, including additional piano from George, uh, from, I'm sorry, from Paul, George's lead vocal, and John on the tambourine. By the end of the first session, Jeff Emmerich has titled the track Laxton's Superb, another type of apple, which I've never heard of before, uh, but I don't know of all the apples in the world, um, <laughs> uh, after Lennon's joke earlier that day. Uh, so the next day, the song changes names again, and now they're just calling it I Don't Know, which was George's first answer originally. Um, and so on this day, the Beatles do something that they've never done before, but would go on to do on a regular basis. And Paul adds his bass track to the song last. Now, this allows for a whole new sonic dimension of fitting the bass into the song based on what's already there, as opposed to building everything else around the bass and the drums. Uh, this also gives more flexibility in mixing the song and lets Paul control the melodic push and pull of the song by ultimately being able to define the chords of the song. Now, this would go on to become a commonplace practice for the Beatles and McCartney going forward. The song, of course, is eventually entitled I Want to Tell You and released on Revolver in August of 1966. The Beatles never perform it live. However, George does use it as his show opener on his 1992 Japan co-headlining tour with Eric Clapton. So, why do I have I Want to Tell You at 156? Uh, I think this is a really fascinating song. There's really nothing else like this in the Beatles catalog. Um, I always liked kind of the fade-in trick that they use on the top of this song where it kind of fades in. And it's similar to kind of to what they do on Eight Days a Week. But this song feels like it's fading in from, like, another plane until it gets right in front of your face and, like, hits the chord at the top of the verse. Uh, and the guitar riff is kind of this great jerky kind of melody, and you can't necessarily find the beat or, like, where the one is until Ringo comes in with the snare. I think that's a really cool trick. Uh, now, George is pulling from a whole new bag of tricks on this. His vocal melody really stretches and slides in new ways that sound like he's imitating different Indian instruments, the way he kind of bends the note on I want to tell you is kind of this like really weird like Indian bend thing. And he mm -hmm. literally then invents a chord that's so dissonant and confusing. It's like the musical version of the frustration he's trying to put across, right? Uh, and it just keeps pounding at you with the way they hit it on those quarter notes that just kind of down to down to down to down. Uh, it feels almost like you like it's like pounding your head against the wall in frustration. And I think it's this really amazing, like jarring musical moment. 
Um, the backing vocals, absolutely amazing. Paul's hitting this kind of great stride vocally as like a high register singer, you know, holding these high notes straight in a full chest voice. It's incredible. Like does an absolutely wonderful job. And on the fade out, uh, where John and George are holding kind of the same, you know, two notes over I've got time. And Paul does this really amazing vocal run. Uh, mm. Absolutely extraordinary performance on there. Um, and the whole track has this great kind of space and breath to it. It just feels open and big and there's not a ton of things happening. Um, and that kind of lets Ringo's drums shine through like both, you know, sound wise and on those really like that nice drum fills he does coming out of the bridge. Grace, I know you're a huge Ringo fan, so I thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> uh, and then just kind of like as mystically as it fades in, it fades back out. And I think that's a really cool trick. So I think overall, fantastic track. Probably deserves more attention than it gets uh, as it's maybe the first real kind of like real infusion of Eastern and Western pop music in the Beatles catalog. Whereas like Love You Too is purely like an Eastern song. This is kind of like bits of both worlds. I think it maybe gets the short end of the stick because Revolver has so many heavy hitters on it, especially a track like Tomorrow Never Knows, which kind of dwarfs everything when you talk about, like, artistic growth. But this is really the moment where George kind of leaves the guitar pop thing and, like, goes off into a whole new world, I think, on this song. So that's my two cents on it. Gang, what do y'all think? I throw it to you. I think this song is fantastic. I I think it's really great. Yeah. I think um, I love that sixties guitar riff that comes in at the beginning. I I agree. Like the way that it fades in, and you can't find the one, and you're not really sure where you're at, and then that snare comes in. I think that's such a clever trick. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a great trick, and and I think Ringo's drumming. I love those fills. You know, I I love those fills that he he ends up using quite a lot, and you kind of hear them. On like Strawberry Fields Forever, there's a lot of like similar fills mm-hmm. uh, on it, and I, I think that the chords are just so clever. I really do think um, this is just such a well-written song, and I love that that E7 flat nine. And I I agree with you that you know when I'm pissed off with someone and I'm really annoyed, that's what it sounds like musically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really sounds like that. It's like a confusing like backwards and forwards it's like warning bells like (laughs) Matt's about to kick off everyone (laughs) and uh i i just think it's it's wonderful it's funny isn't it but i think it is um overshadowed a bit you got like dr robert before it on the album and you've got um got to get you into my life Mm -hmm. and both those songs i mean especially the second one it you know just they don't dwarf it but you know, they're, they're, Paul and John are, right. are just doing their so thing. There's with so those many songs. classics on there, like I, and classics that aren't even like major singles, but like yeah. "Got to Get You Into My Life," uh, "Tomorrow Never Knows," Eleanor Rigby, "Yellow Submarine," "Taxman." Like those are massive career-defining hits for any other band. You know, and yeah, how it. do you compete with that? Yeah, and I I just had a thought about some of the um, so some of the Eastern like. Um, mind stuff that george is getting into is really is really ahead of its time so mm-hmm. like you know when i seem to act unkind it's you know it's my mind it's not me i just think that's so like seeing the mind as a tool rather than something that you are mm-hmm. is way ahead of its time way ahead of its time actually an interesting thing i read about that he wrote in he, he wrote in 1980 uh that 
he'd realized he actually had inverted that, that the way it should be is it's just me. It's not my mind. The mind is the thing. Am I getting this right? Yeah. The, the, the human is the person that is causing the issue. It's the mind that has to be separated from the human. And so he thinks he yeah, had that's it, it inverted. So when he did yeah. it in 92 on this tour with Clapton, he actually changed that lyric to, it's just yeah. me, it's not my mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, and I think that's yeah. that's way ahead of its time. For yeah. sure. I mean, I, I'm in 2021, and I'm just reading about some of that stuff. You know? I'm, <laughs> I'm, figuring out, I'm figuring out that, like, like he, he's in, like, a lot younger than I was now do you know what I mean? and he's like thinking about stuff like that and putting it in a pop song mm-hmm. that's that's crazy like that's mm-hmm. so like some maturity that to be thinking that and being able to write it whether he wrote it down right or but to be able to express those things i don't hear other bands in the 60s doing things like that do you know and i just um and even that like i don't know those those different chords are quite sophisticated and dissonance but you've I've got this 60s pop riff and i i just um i think it's really sophisticated as a song that's what that's what i think of yeah. it as a whole really good way of putting it i i just it's this album obviously revolvers like what a lot of people go through is like uh it's the best beatles album that people probably don't say is the best beatles album because everyone goes to abbey road mm-hmm. or please please me um or or let it be or something but revolver is really just such a good album but I, and such a good album full of good songs. But this song, I think, really does stand out, and and yet shows kind of the maturity of George, even though he's the youngest in the band, mm-hmm. of kind of him being a little bit ahead in some areas of the others, um, in terms of songwriting about maybe it's not just a, a silly little love song that maybe George and Paul had been writing previously. Although there's things like Alan Rigby on this album, which are, are not love songs, but. Yeah, it's just so good. And one of, one of the instruments on this song that really shines out to me, which you mentioned just before, Jonathan, is the piano. Mm-hmm. It's kind of pounding away. And there's a little bit of it on Good Day Sunshine. Yeah. With that kind of pounding at the start. Um, but it's just, it's so interesting to see the Beatles go from this, you know, four-piece band, mostly guitars, uh, guitars, bass, and drums, to this is the piano we're actually really good on this instrument as well mm-hmm. you know all of us are good on this instrument we can utilize it in a in a different way um and we can make great songs and i think they were doing things that were obviously so ahead of other you know pop bands of the time for sure um you know the, the, the kind of sound of this song sounds much later 60s early 70s some of the stuff and um, like the zombies were doing and other bands like that. I mentioned the zombies twice now. I really tell you what, <laughs> You're on a zombies a, kick. <laughs> <laughs> but um it's just such a great song. Again, just shows how good George can be if you gave him the opportunity to do more than just his two songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give give him four, give him a whole album and you'll you'll see why you can kind of do and and pull out the bag. So uh yeah, it's a great song on an already great stacked album. Yeah. Um yeah, I just Another another good one by Mr. Harrison. Love it. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this happens every time. But as you've been talking, you've, you've changed my feelings a little oh, bit. Actually. Ah, what were your okay. initial feelings? So, so originally, as I listened to it the first couple of times, I 
I can't decide whether I do enjoy the intro. Once our good friend Ringo comes in, <laughs> I then begin to enjoy it. But I'm I'm not sure that I'm a fan of songs that start and you can't figure out where the one is. That unsettles me. I'm with you on that. And I'm with you on that. It, it frustrates me and I, I and it's annoying. So yeah. if they'd not done that, just... <laughs> it'd have been a 10 out of 10. Yeah, it would have been a great intro. Um, once Ringo comes in, great. Um, his solos, pretty good. There's a couple that I feel like he stumbles over. Classic, classic one. But it's all right. <laughs> Still better than me. So it's all right. That's part of the vibe, isn't it? I but like is the stumbling. But this is my thing. Can we say it's a vibe? But, 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 but. You know what? what I mean? It's just like straight. I will well, say I mean, no, triplets, great. I will say it's a vibe. And I talked about this on another episode recently. Um, he does these drum fills that kind of are like the sound of like falling down the stairs or like tripping over your own foot uh like um she loves you is the first time you hear it like that dun 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 like you can picture like tumbling down a stair uh <laughs> and that's kind of a thing that he just can do you know which is pretty wild like the soundtrack for a cartoon <laughs> so good love it um but yeah so when you contextualize it in the fact that like they did these illegal substances. Come on. They'd had these experiences <laughs> and they're reflecting their confused state of mind in a song and the fact that they're, you know, he's struggling to communicate the thoughts. He's got so many thoughts. It's everything's so crazy. How can you put that into music? Yeah. That makes sense. But the Because there's a lot of dissonance going on, as you've said. Or it's, it's not your classic A major chord, is it? A major scale, rather they've got these chords gone in there the piano is driving it which i think they do a lot on a lot of their songs that makes me not like it i don't like things being driven by the piano it annoys me yeah, okay <laughs> I, I really don't like it i feel like pick another instrument let's hear something well, i think it's a later beatles trick isn't it like earlier on oh, it's, it's more guitar driven yeah. um, and actually when i listened to this and i picked it apart a little bit i was kind of surprised i was like wow this is really piano heavy i assumed it was guitar heavy and it just isn't at all. And so maybe I just happen to have heard a lot of the tracks stuff. that do have, yeah, it's just yeah. heavy piano. I, and, and I don't, I'm not a fan of that as much. It's a little bit too, like, aggressive for me. Sure. A bit like, oh, me as my lyrics, it would be nice. I think a lot it's of, also, a like, in the beginning, like, on the first couple albums, George Martin would do all the piano work, like, after yeah. they were done. Like, when they were gone, he would then overdub piano. But then around like a hard day's night, they're like, we, we we can do that. Like, we got time. Like, we're good with that. And then from then on, mm. they just did it all, unless they wanted him to do something mm. something specifically. But yeah, I think that is interesting. That like, aside from like a Let It Be or a Long Awani Road, like the piano stuff can be pretty heavy handed usually. Like a Lady Madonna, mm. it's very heavy, like boogie woogie piano. Uh, Penny I mean, Lane is, is just kind of that quarter <laughs> note. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good but point. it just—it just sounds. It's a bit aggressive. Yeah, me, for sure. Because it, this isn't a song that you would dance to. No, it's not a, a dance along <laughs> kind of song. Yeah. You know they, what I mean? They'd moved out of that. that yeah, little, it's a bit more of a, like you've just got to kind of be like. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> you know, it's not. You know, which is fine. You know, you don't have to dance to every single song that everyone no. Um So I guess contextually, and you look at where it's written from and why. He, it is actually very clever. It yeah. is exactly conveying exactly what he wants to convey. Mm-hmm. But if you need a spiel to explain your song, 
is it that good? If someone if someone can't just press play and be like, wow, that is sick, then is it that good? Well, that I mean, for some of us, do you think it's that good? <laughs> well, no, I, I think that's actually a really good a really good question a really good question to bring up because like you can listen to this song and totally interpret interpret it as like speaking to a another person like a romantic partner like i want mm. to express my feelings to you but i just can't figure out how to do it um and that's mm. something anyone can, can can kind of connect to when you think about it from like this millionaire you know 24 year old who has seen everything the world has to offer and it's not brought him the peace and you know uh mooring that he's looking for and now he's looking to new religions and new spiritualities and like trying to find these new ways of thinking that doesn't always connect to like the average public mm-hmm. person um yeah so uh, so it's it's like does does putting that perception on it like lessen the value of it as a song and how you can connect to it um and i don't know because there's a lot mm-hmm. of songs like uh, Tomorrow Never Knows is the, another example. Like, that's a thing about, like, come on this higher plane with me. Um, yeah. And <laughs> it's hard to always connect to something like that. Um, yeah. What was another one we talked about recently? Um, Only a Northern Song, uh, the off of Yellow Submarine, is, like, George yeah. complaining about, like, having, like, a, pu- a bad publishing deal. Like, getting, like, the smallest percentage of royalties <laughs> on his own songs. Yeah. Like, how does that connect to the average listener? Like, no one knows what that means yeah. until you're told. But, but, like, it's still a pretty cool song, I guess. I and mean, it just depends on, I, I think, what you're looking for or listening for or hoping to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate the amount that George is willing to moan, though. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> he, he, doesn't, he doesn't hold back, does he? Like, he, he is willing to moan yeah. about, like, his other bandmates, you know what I mean? Like, and, like, you know his publishing deal tax man like he just ain't happy and he'll let you know you know he will let you know about things i mean he starts off with don't bother me like that's kind of like yeah i love the flag from the beginning he set the tone he's like can you leave me alone we've got it from the word can i say say something i don't like about this song yeah please you can i do have something i don't i don't like the mix i think the bass is mixed too high so i do appreciate the um the uh like Paul doing his bass afterwards, mm-hmm. but I think because they'd figured that out, oh, we can do it this way. It's it's still mixed too high yeah. in the mix, and I I'm just not really a fan. And I want I don't know whether that's to do with the piano as well. Like whether mm-hmm. I don't know. You hear the bass at the top with the vocals, you hear the piano underneath somewhere, and then there's you know the drums, but there's not much. There's else. no. I mean, there's no uh, guitar in the verses. It's just the piano. So like. That yeah. bass is cutting all that frequency. Um, there's nothing to sit on top of it. I, and I think once they start doing this, they really start messing with with bass sounds in 66. Like starting with yeah. like Paperback Rider, uh, Rain, uh, Day Trip or things like that. Like they're trying – like they're using a loudspeaker as a microphone. They're trying to really get that yeah, kind of yeah. like Stax Motown, like deep kind of like thumping bass feel. And I think once they start opening up like areas of mix where they can do that, like they're pushing that base because yeah. they like they wanted to do revolver in Memphis at stacks and try to get yeah. that like Memphis feel to it. And that's very bass heavy. So I think they're trying to kind of push that up in the mix to get a little bit of that, um, mm-hmm. but not necessarily maybe knowing 
it's like trying to like make uh, a stew or like it's like trying to make red beans if you're not from New Orleans. Like, yeah, how hard is it to make red beans? That's fine, uh, but yeah. not knowing like well, you need all these different things yeah. for it. Um, you know, it's uh, I think it's yeah. the first trial at trying to do this thing. You know, and I think they do figure out sort of like something like the song something <laughs> uh, like the bait the bass on that is like super I mean it's like Paul Solo in the whole time yeah but it's but it's but it's in the mix do you know what I mean they mm-hmm. figured out how and I think like a lot of the reason that a lot of Beatles stuff sounds good is because of the overspill and the way that you've got it all in the room and you're you know you're you're putting your bass into a guitar amp which isn't that big but the mic is is way off the amp and it's like it's just being picked up in the room and stuff like that. And I, th- I think that stuff's so clever mm-hmm. and something that when I listen to music now, that's the stuff that I think doesn't have life to it because it, it's not like, I know, I know we've disagreed about, about this, some of this stuff race and you don't like it, but I find there's like a bit of life in some of that stuff. Um, But, but yeah, but I just thought, I guess like the Beatles here are, they're recording it. They're never doing it again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, they're never doing it live. George doing it live later on, but they're just like literally learning as they go along. Yeah. Try it out, right? We'll try some. We'll try something different next time. Um, but yeah, and I just, I just think some of the. I've been thinking about mixes on the other stuff because they put the vocals. They'll put the vocals anywhere in, like sonically. That's terrible. Left, right. I hate it. I hate yeah, it. never, never in the middle. <laughs> you know, like, and but it's only because we're like. 50 60 years down the line and we now think about that stuff mm-hmm. and we have all this technology that we can use so um it's interesting to listen and go oh that's what they were doing there and yeah it's a bit different and this is also the last time that they're kind of making a record on a deadline too because like they've got to finish before they go on tour um they don't have you know endless time in the studio to like tinker with sounds and i mean they've got more time than they've ever had but there's still a deadline, um, and so they yeah. can't just mix it until it's right. Whereas, like by the time I think you get to Sergeant Pepper next year, and there there are no plans to go on tour, they're just going to work until it's done. Then you start to get yeah. like McCartney's all over the place on something as as, as early in the record as like uh, with a little help from my friends. He's all over the place, but it sits really nicely. And even though know, there's so much yeah. going on, like they're taking the time to really put everything in its right place. Yeah. 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 I agree. Interesting side note, if I can, um, about this song. How familiar are y'all with the monkeys? Oh, not that so long. Not, not, me. not as much now. Now. Just the odd song. The yeah. odd song. Have, Have you seen monkeys? A monkey or the monkeys. <laughs> are you telling a joke there about the <laughs> 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 You've been to Chester Zoo, have you? I've seen the baboons. <laughs> uh, one of their best-known songs is a song called Pleasant Valley Sunday, which you may have heard. It's like a pretty big song in their catalog. Uh, but the guitar riff in that song is not copy, is inspired by the riff in this song. <laughs> Just yeah. in a different rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty interesting, though. I thought that uh, when I heard that, I was like, 
Uh, I respect it. Well done. <laughs> but they 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 kind of move away from that like sixties guitar riff thing. Though, don't they? I think mm. this is one of the last times we experienced that. Yeah, and for that's, sure. I mean, that's just something to note as well, isn't it? That mm-hmm. you know that that, that kind of like classic sixties guitar riffs down, like maybe that Rickenbacker sound that went a bit earlier. Yeah. It isn't a thing anymore that they're trying to attempt. Yep. Or be part of. Yeah. They're like they've created it, they innovated, and they're moving on to the next thing. Mm. That's and maybe this is a song that holds both of those things. It has the guitar riff and it has the piano. So we're going baroque, mm-hmm. and we're going a bit, you know, that baroque rock pop thing that they do later on. But we've still got the guitar riff, and maybe this this uh, is a bit of a moment in history. Yeah, like an and AD also for the next thing. for the next year and a half, they don't put out any George song that's a guitar song. Yeah. yeah. Like the next things that you get from them are Within You Without You on Sgt. Pepper, Blue Jay Way on uh, Magical Mystery Tour, Only a Northern Song, um, The Inner Light, which is the B-side to oh, Hey yeah. Jude, yeah. which is another another Indian song. But you don't get another guitar song from him until the White Album. So like yeah. he really yeah. moves away from it. He's not even writing Beatles songs on guitar at this point like he's writing everything on organ or piano like he's just the the pop game is no longer his his thing at this point so this is kind of that moment of like the riff is part of the song and then the rest of it is not a guitar pop song which it really is kind of that moment which is interesting to think about too it's quite the the uh, the symbolism of the song fading in and fading out it's like the the guitar riff intro fades in the guitar fades in and then it just as it came in it will fade out and it will be replaced by something else so symbolically as well yeah. Yeah. Things will pass, all things will pass oh my god it's so deep Ugh, i love it super, it's super groovy i feel like i'm on mushrooms right now guys are we just, overthinking this are we overthinking this i love it no, if we're not, not i love it not isn't, isn't that what a podcast is they for were just yes. four kids who got high constantly and... <laughs> Here we are analyzing them too much. And none of us are high, so we're all off target completely. <laughs> <laughs> so 155 out of 223. What's your take? Too high, too low in the ballpark? I think it's pretty, pretty spot on. Yeah, you've done a great job with this list. Just a really brown nose. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate I'm really that. Just because just we're so thankful to be on the phone. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's a hidden gem. Yeah, because I don't think many other people would, you know, would know it's a it's a deep cut, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe deep cuts are sometimes shackled by that they can't maybe go as high as some other songs. Yeah. Um, but I think it's pretty pretty good. Yeah. What do you think, Grace? I, well, again, I'm sticking to my. You've got to look at it two ways. If you look at the the meaning and musically what he's trying to convey, if you knew what he was trying to convey. Yeah. Then it's pretty good, and I say maybe higher, because songs like "Flipping Yellow Submarine," what they're trying to say there, nothing, <laughs> nothing. So it should go higher if you know what it's about. But yeah, if you know what it's about. But if you don't, you're just listening to it. I would say lower. The last song that we did with you guys, which was great. Uh, <laughs> was it? Um, why don't we do it in the roads? Is that what we no, did? No, we did um, Guys, I, Come Home. I'm the rudest. Hang on. Oh, let me, yeah. That's let me, I'm going to pull up my list. Hang tight. And I listened. What was going? <sighs> Let's see. Hang it's on. It's the album cover with the pictures. Where, where, it was When I Get Home. 
When yeah, I when I get it. Whoa, 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 hi. Was that? Yes, and I yeah, listened to was. the whole album. Was that last November? Oh, my God. That yeah. was forever ago, you guys. It was forever ago. Yeah. It's been a year. Wow. So, uh, see, that's why we can't remember. Yeah. There's <laughs> been a so lot since I that time. I think that one, yeah. that one for me should be higher than this. Oh, so when I got That home. whole album for me. Bangers. Smacked. Absolutely oh, yeah. smacked. Wow. Smacks. So Hard Day's Night doesn't matter. Wow, okay. Interesting. I love it. I, I think... I think it's in a good place. Yeah. I think you, Jonathan. You know, there's people in the world now that listen to Beatles songs and go, "I wonder where Jonathan's got this on his list." That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I do all the time now, Jonathan. This is crazy. Well, what's funny is uh, the episode that I'm going to say this in terms of uh, I'm going to do this contextually for when we when this episode comes out. The episode we released last week, uh, song off of A Hard Day's Night. Tell me why. I had that at number 156. I think I blew it. I think I totally, (laughs) totally screwed the pooch on it. I think this song needs to be, like, top 100. I blew it on that. Wow. I agree with that. After the conversation we had uh, with Jude Kessler about it, who has been researching – Grace, you're going to love this. She's been researching John Lennon for, like, 38 years, and she's writing a (laughs) nine-series biography – on the man. Wow. Incredible, the stuff that this woman uh, that we talked about. She is so knowledgeable and knows so much more of the story than, like, what you commonly see in, like, the big, uh, you know, flashy books and stuff like that. But, like, her books mm-hmm. are, like, incredible. Um, like, th- this song is – it blew my mind, that conversation. And, and, like, even going into it, I was like, I think I love this song now. Like, from when – from when we when I first did the ranking up until now – uh, I actually, I'd never played the song before. Like I'd never sang, never learned it. Um, and then my Beatles cover band learned it and it's like the most fun thing in the world to play. It may be one of the most fun songs to play in the catalog. And I'm like, guys, wow. I think I blew it like from word go, like this should be way higher. Uh, so while and I, what do- are you doing now? Like when you get across, <laughs> when you come across ones, you think you've gone wrong. Are you redoing it? What are you doing? I'm just own. I'm taking the L and just saying, look, I blew it. Oh. I should. This should have been way higher. I might reassess the numbers well down the line when I'm in like you know the top twenty five. But you're not going to do what we didn't just yeah. start again. Do oh, a Rolling Stones, <laughs> just cut it. I'm already. I'm already like <laughs> five years at least. I'm going to be doing this. Like, yeah. if we keep getting cut off by like hurricanes and hey, stuff. John- yeah. yeah. Hey, Jonathan, can I ask you a question? Yeah. This is a fan question, so I'm sorry to have to do it. But we I never get fan questions. <laughs> well, here we go. Long time fan, first time caller. <laughs> um, uh, with the songs that came out in the 90s by the Beatles, mm-hmm. are they in your list? They are in my list. And, oh, uh, I'm so excited. To hear <laughs> about that. We've got one coming up. Let's see. Not too uh, in the not too distant future, actually. Oh, I'm so excited! Mm. Brilliant. So, yeah, okay. so we included. So you've got your your full like twelve al- twelve UK album, you know, kind of canon, right? And mm-hmm. then uh, all the B sides, and then from the yeah. anthology from the '90s, you've got uh, Real Love and um, yeah. Free, uh, as, a Free as a Bird. You got those two. Then also oh. on the anthology are songs like. Things that were recorded and completed but never released at the time. But they were oh, like prepared yeah. for the new Mary Jane. So what's the new Mary oh. Jane was on there? That was at 
201. I got dragged for that yeah, pretty I hard. That <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you've got trouble, how do you do it? That means a lot. That oh, was yeah, all back in the two hundos. How do you do it? How do you do oh, I love that song. That's so cheesy. Um, even Christmas Time <laughs> is Here Again was on there. Um, oh, nice. But then, like, Not Guilty is coming up long oh, way away on uh leave my kitten alone which i will argue is the biggest mistake in their catalog was not putting that song <laughs> out at the time um that song is just smashing i love that song so that's how we ended up at the 223 was taking those songs that were like they were ready to go but they just never pulled the trigger for one reason or another sick yeah I love that. Thank you. Thank you for answering my questions. You're welcome. Can I have a follow-up question on that? <laughs> please, please. Because <laughs> this is where it's just turning into questions from Alvin and your fans. Um, I love it. To you. Um, Y'all actually get questions from y'all listeners like send you questions. We just get yelled at on Facebook. Like <laughs> we get like the occasional like bad review and that's about it. So. That's why we stay off Facebook because it's Smart toxic. Place. Um, but is in the list, is, it, is my Bonnie included in that or is that because it wasn't quite them? It my Bonnie also... is not on the list because that's more a Tony Sheridan track, but that's a Sheridan. good question though. I've been cut through here. <laughs> that would be fun to do like a side episode about that song and like other stuff from that session. Cause that's where you get like ain't yeah. she sweet, which is actually pretty great. Like I kind of love so that good. version and like some of the stuff yeah. off of that session would be fun to do like a little side episode about. So Pete best on drums as well. So it's just like, yeah, just the good, just the good stuff. My God. <laughs> There's the good, the... the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already laughing about this joke in my head. Um, God bless me best. Uh, there used to be this video on YouTube where someone did these series of videos of like, if Pete Best had stayed in the Beatles, what would it sound like? And they would then go take like the rock band multi tracks from like Come Together and remove right. Ringo and just replace it with like a really like crude like logic like programmed like do do da da do da da do so many hats. It was, but it was always like slightly off time, so it was really really funny to listen to. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. It's not you can't find it anywhere. I I look for it like every few months because it'll come back into my head for some reason. And the come together ones you'd have like doom 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 it's just like this totally off-putting weird thing oh my god it was so fun <laughs> that's like early internet though like this was like the uh i want to say like mid 2000s that i found it and uh that's now when I can't it peaked it wasn't it it really was that's after that everything just went downhill that's it i agree like when i graduated college i was i was on facebook because it was that thing like you had to be in college to be on Facebook when it first started, right? <laughs> when I graduated, they should have kicked me off, like, and just been like, no, like, <laughs> after twenty two, you don't need to be on this garbage app. Like, there's no, there's no value here for you now. So, um, and when they opened it up to everyone, it was like, oh, this, this can't end well. And uh, <laughs> welcome to twenty twenty one. And now it's the metaverse, and we're all gonna be. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Well, gang, before we wrap it up for the day, can we do some rapid mm. fire questions? Come on. Ooh. Awesome. All right. So we've already we've done the traditional ones, right? So we've got some new yep. ones. Your favorite George Harrison song. And I'm gonna say let's do Beatles or Solo. Oh. Any George I'm song. <laughs> Grace is Googling who George Harrison is. Wikipedia, who is George Harrison? One one that's recently um I've started to really get into. Um I 
probably going to butcher the title. Cracker Box Palace. Yeah, Cracker yeah, Jack yeah. Palace. Cracker Box Palace. So fun. So fun. Yeah. Just ridiculousness. Have you um, seen the video for it? No. Oh, my God. No, but I have. There's this quite... incredibly, like, kind of low-budget 70s video that he <laughs> did. I think Eric Idle from Monty Python may have directed it. Uh, Neil Innes is in it. They filmed it at George's uh, estate. Uh, Friar Park. Fry, Fry Park. Um, it's very kind of strange and surreal. Um, yeah. Olivia's in it in like lingerie. It, it's very weird. I <laughs> check it out. It's very strange. <laughs> very very strange. I, yeah. I don't want to be that person, but I've got to. So so something is like you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's the bulletproof. Best yeah. Ever. Yeah. But but if we're just going like George and his stuff, um, any roads of his last yeah. one, I just. That is a great song. A I just love, song. I love that song. I love the feel. I love songs that are like a certain time signature and then the drums are half time. Mm-hmm. And like, I really love the way songs play like that. And yeah. um, I think that's a classic example of that. And the lyrics are great. And it, you know, it brings me peace. You know, any roads will take you there. Man. Yeah. There's, keep, keep going. There's two really cool versions of that. I will suggest to you. One is the last TV appearance that George ever made. He was doing a nice. uh, an interview with Ravi Shankar, uh, and I forget yeah. who the VJ was on VH1. And after the interview was over, it just kind of turned into like George talking and telling stories, and then was like, I'll play you a few songs I've been working on. And this was, I think, like 96, 97, like well before he passed and that album came out. And he just does this lovely acoustic version of Any Road that's absolutely fantastic. And it's just off the cuff of his head. I mean, he's just this thing he's been working on, you know, just a little demo thing. Yeah. Um, and then there's another version uh, from a live concert uh, maybe four or five years ago, this thing called George Fest that Donnie put on with a, f- a bunch oh, nice. of different artists. Um, and this musician, Butch Walker, who I don't know if you've ever heard, if you've heard of him, uh, musician, also a producer, he produced – the most recent Green Day stuff, uh, Fall Out Boy's oh, recent nice. stuff. Uh, he does all kinds of stuff, but he does an, a great version of Any Road on that show. He's a phenomenal performer. Highly recommend that version nice. as well. Mm. Yeah, It's a very funny song as well. Like, just mm. good lyrics. Yeah. It's very George. Like, um, by the the skin of my teeth from the by the breath of my hair. Like, like just yeah, brilliant. Little, good little wordplay. Yeah. Yeah. What it's you find, great. Grace? Well, from the list that I've found, I think I've listened to two, three. Brilliant. One, one being this one. Yeah. <laughs> one being something. Yeah, which you don't like. And one being Here Comes the Sun. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Here Comes the Sun. <laughs> Lovely. The best, best version of Here Comes the Sun that I could recommend for you is the one he did on SNL mm. with Paul Simon. Yeah. Because um, it's just beautiful. And they harmonize really well together. Mm-hmm. So I could make a recommendation mm-hmm. to you. Okay. Yeah, Check I co-sign out. on that. Uh, while you've got your list up then, Grace, your least mm-hmm. favorite George Harrison song. Of my three <laughs> that I've just... Don't dare say something. I, I am walking out if you say something. You're going to make him walk out of his own house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will sit outside my front door. <laughs> now, this is where, again, it depends. Okay. Musically, just listening to it, press and play randomly, never never thinking about anything. Not even knowing there was a Beatles, just press and play. My least favorite would probably be this one. Okay, okay. <laughs> but then, yeah, if you're thinking about, you know, what, what he's trying to do here, my least favorite would probably be 
something because it's oh not my a love song. God. <laughs> so I guess okay, it's, it's not a love song. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the flag in the, in the sand here for a second and, and call a timeout. <laughs> Why the disdain for something? I'm so perplexed by that. I just I think it's because these guys big it up so much that it is the most beautiful not, it romantic is. love song in the entire universe. Because it is. So I expected like tear like love songs can make you cry. You know they can get you deep deep in the soul. And they played <laughs> and I honestly I don't think you'd really do I, I think I said this on, on our podcast. If my husband sang this to me, I'd be like, Well I don't that's not like like fine. Like <laughs> Just, is it like the musical so equivalent not... of PG Tips? Like, I don't get it. Do you have what's the deal? Yes. Do you have a heart? No. Are you messing? It's just so not romantic. It's just it's beautiful. It's not. It's beige. It's Something beige. It's really beige. Ouch. It's like the lyrics might be okay. I've not li- looked at them that deeply. Oh my right. But the oh, let's move on. I'm not like, it doesn't move me. This. It doesn't move me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We gotta thaw that cold, cold heart. <laughs> what is what is your what is your romantic song of choice? If oh. you say Nora Jones, some <laughs> nonsense. I, I, no, she's not romantic. <laughs> I don't know who's good at love songs. People like Paul McCartney. People like Adele, <laughs> Taylor Swift, John Legend. Which they all are, of to be fair. Well, <laughs> which I, that's, that's actually a great know, song. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, maybe I just don't listen to Batman. <laughs> maybe I don't have a cold heart. Yeah. Some people want to fill the world with silly love songs. Not Grace, though. Not Grace, though. There's, there's some beautiful stuff by the script, but I'm not 16. Oh, else, right. So maybe... <laughs> when, so, when someone says, oh, the script are better than something by the Beatles, that is where I get really angry. Like, that is... This is Sorry, the dun 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 <laughs> it's the piano yeah, part in your head. Oh my god! All right, okay. I'm taking it back. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Adam, how about you? Least favorite George song? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've got a least favorite. Um, I think "Cheer Down" is maybe not my favorite. Yeah, but I I don't really have anything against it. Um, some of his kind of mid. I don't know when, it, when did he have the kind of it's a bit harsh to say when he had like the throat surgery and his voice really isn't that like mid 70s yeah that's yeah, like, like 70 uh, like the dark horse yeah area, like 70, yeah. 74 where his voice is real croaky it's real yeah some of that stuff is just because it's a bit sad to hear his voice not as strong and as good as it is like in the Wilburys and you know and stuff I love the Wilburys man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't yeah maybe cheer down as an example but I don't really they're all good, really, aren't yeah. they? You know? I mean, there's some stuff on, like, Gone Tropo, which is just kind of, like, easy-listening adult contemporary cruise ship background music that's kind of like, <laughs> oh, maybe not the best. Like, Lisa. the version he put out of, like, Lisa. his version of Not Guilty, like, mm. was really a disappointment for me. Because, like, I first heard, like, the version on Anthology, which is, like, from the White Album Sessions, and it's really kind of grooving and cool. And then you hear it, and it's this like cheesy, like seventies, like <laughs> awful keyboard sound. I'm like, oh man, this is lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think um mine is, well, I think I agree with you. Like I could pick anything off some of those albums, and it'd be like, yeah, I'm really, not really a fan. But I don't like the mix on Wawa 
and so I will always skip it, even yeah. though I quite like the song. I love that song, but the mix is. I like the song, but I hate the mix. How about the new mix? What? No, I didn't think it was. That. I didn't think it was work. that much better. You yeah. know, I, I, I just didn't. I just thought, what a, what a, a brutal murder of this song. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Bill. Brashing. Yeah. But I love it though. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So on El Vanilla. <laughs> Of all the albums you've listened to for the first time, what's been like the one? Oh my goodness. What's been the one that like knocked your socks off that will stick with you forever? <sighs> that you're like a hardcore fan of now? Hold on. Oh, Aretha Franklin. Yeah? Okay. Don't ask me which one I prefer more. Y'all did um, I've Never Loved a Man? Was that the we, album? Yeah, we did. Yeah. 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 We did I Never Loved a Man and. Which one did we do? What was the other one? Lady Soul? Lady we, Lady Soul? we did Lady, Lady Soul. Soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think maybe I'd never loved a man. I think that was maybe my favorite. But both of them, I just had never really listened to that much of Ethan Franklin. Mm-hmm. But I am now absolutely obsessed. You're like... Think she's on the, the subreddit, like thing. a hardcore like stand for Aretha Franklin. <laughs> Honestly, that that video where she sang and Obama cried. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I was crying too. Yeah. You made me feel like a... Uh, yeah. And she's... Like she's she was getting on at that point, yeah. And she just walks out and just plays the piano like nothing I've ever heard. Was that when she wore like the big hat? And then she stands up, the big the big fair coat, and the big fair coat, and she strips the fair coat off. She's done with it; doesn't need it. Everyone's screaming. I'm crying. Oh, it's beautiful. (laughs) That hat was like a meme for a long time. She's she's putting the hat on everything. Incredible. Oh, she's fantastic. (laughs) She's fantastic. Um, for myself, Jagged Little Pill. Now I'd heard some songs on it, mm-hmm. but when we did Jagged Little Pill with yourselves, yeah, that was that was going. And then um, uh, Asia Steely Dan. Wow, nice. Yeah, ah. I still listen to that. I still yeah. listen to. I'd never listened to much Steely Dan, but I kind of, I kind of got it. Yeah, everyone raves about them because it's just, it's what I wish all jazz was. Yeah, because <laughs> jazz, I'll turn off. I don't like it, but that one's got enough of a like proggy. Jazzy kind of vibe, and also Michael McDonald's on it. And yeah, <laughs> I'm in love with that man. Who doesn't love cords. Michael McDonald? I'm just who doesn't want to hear that? Yeah, all the time. I just so, <laughs> those are my two, I guess. So good. Mine, mine is Harvest by yeah. Neil Young. Neil Young. Oh. I, I absolutely there, love Neil that's Young. That's one thing I could have got my whole life about this. Uh, don't even don't there, start. There is a man whose vocal cords I am not in love with. Right. I'm nearly uh, as angry as at him as I'm at Iggy Pop. Oh. <laughs> no, but I mean, Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop is a racist, so yeah. I mean, yeah. he was a racist. I mean, I'm going to get in trouble, but, you know, I, <laughs> please don't assume me, Iggy. But, but, but Neil Young, I, I just think his lyrics are amazing. I think his, his guitar playing is amazing. And I just love it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that album. You know, Neil Young actually did a lot of early session work in the late 60s um, after he was with Buffalo Springfield. Uh, he did a lot of session work for the monkeys. So a lot of their stuff, like like oh, kind of their obscure nice. late sixty stuff, has like some pretty ripping guitar stuff from Neil Young on it. That's pretty cool. Oh wow. I'll send you He's a just sick electric guitarist, man. Oh god, yeah. I'll send you some some stuff that I think you might dig. <laughs> yeah. What about your well, the ones that you absolutely hate? Yeah, What's your that. least favorite one that you've come across where you're like, never again? <laughs> How long have you got? And this yeah. can be either from the list or like a like a one of the current ones where you're like Seagirls, never again, or like whoever it might be, you know. Uh, yeah. 
Which I'm yeah. not that harsh about the seagulls saying... thing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that. The, bad. Um, the the uh, any Drake stuff. Any Drake. Oh, Drake. Drake who, was, man. who had the album cover that was the cigarette lighter and the necklace? Was that the street? Oh, the street. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We just don't come across as very good rap fans. Just the, well, just <laughs> the street. No, but the, there is like there is this thing called art where you can produce good things and like show the world. And some some of that street stuff was mm. absolutely die. Yeah. It shouldn't exist. Shouldn't and, be allowed. And we've listened to some stuff where like like uh, some of the Kanye stuff recently, where mm. it's like twenty two tracks long. An hour and forty minutes long. Oh god! And someone and someone needs to teach like artists at the moment to edit and self-edit because yeah. just because you can release it all doesn't mean you should. But who's got but the, the time? <laughs> that's it. But the Drake stuff. I mean, I, I have very little time for Drake. He yeah. is no good. Never invited to Albany though. <laughs> I, uh, I know that he'd like to be on it. I know that might upset him, but like, th- there's definitely like really good rap and hip hop out there. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, granted, it's not my like go-to top genre, but like I've never, never gotten the Drake thing. Like I, I don't no. get, I don't dig most of what Kanye puts out now. Like some of the stuff he did, like when he was first coming out, I really enjoyed. Like Jesus Walks was really cool. Uh, yeah, sick. Gold Digger was cool. Some of the early stuff like that was was great. But like, sometimes it's just like, it just makes no sense to me. Like, I just, it's just like, mm. this is just, yeah. But, yeah, there's no filter there. And I feel like now you're getting like a man who just obviously like needs some help. Like something's yeah, not right. Yeah. And it makes me uncomfortable to like, continue to like, listen to that. But there is some good rap stuff. With, like the NWA stuff was really great. Um, Outcast stuff was really great. Oh, yeah. Kanye's stuff is good, but there's too much of it. Like, there's good and there's really bad. You yeah. know, like the 808s like and Heartbreaks record is is great. The, that's it. Like, like if you could some... learn to edit, yeah, then it'd be great. But so there is some really there's some good rap we've listened to. But mm. uh, but a lot of it, I'm like, wow, this is a low bar, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. Um, what's your favorite Liverpool based? Beatles tourism site. Oh, oh come on. Wow. This is my kind of question. <laughs> <laughs> Me like, and Matt did one, didn't we? Yeah, we back. did. Um yeah, we did the we did the the magical mystery tour. The bus. Yeah. Um the bus. And it was our first time doing it. Yeah. Um so it was our first time visiting Strawberry Fields, first time visiting John's house, Paul's house, all that. And I just think that was really, really good. Or even just like sitting on Penny Lane and not rushing away, or like mm. you know just being there. I I've actually been to um, I'm sorry I come across a bit intense about this stuff, but I, like I've <laughs> I've actually been to Strawberry Fields a few times since then uh-huh. because it's like <laughs> because it's like not that far, and I was like, no, I'm just I'm just gonna. I'm just going to go and sit for a bit. Yeah. I kind of think like there's loads of Beatles fans that don't get that opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's my favorite song. And my favorite song is about what, to, whatever's behind those gates there. Yeah. And so, yeah, sometimes I was just like, Oh, I'm kind of on the way home and I go past it. I'll just go and park the car and sit there for a minute. I got 10 minutes. So, <laughs> Why not? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love the museum. I was like a diehard fan by the time I I was a different person by the time I came out. Is it the the one um, on Matthew Street like that's fairly new, or the one, 
Because I know there's, yeah, the there's one a couple. Down on the ducks. Okay, like the Beatles story, I think it's called. Yes, okay. the Beatles story. Yeah. Take Titch on a journey of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> right from like before they got together and mm-hmm. their eyes meeting across the room and that like little gig that they were doing outside. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, by the time I came out, I was a changed woman. Nice. A changed woman. A changed woman. And again, it didn't last long. Didn't last long, no. But I had a great time. She changed back. But uh... every day, actually, I um, I run past Ringo's house. Yeah. Like original house. Yeah. And so I actually, just to clarify, I don't run every day. But on the days I do run, yeah. I, that's like my running routine. I'm, every time, every day, I'm like, that's so sick. Like, I Ringo's house. I yeah. love it. So, yeah. I know. Um, Pete Best's brother opened what I think they're saying is like the largest Beatles museum now. Um, I think it's just up Matthew street from the cavern. I I think it's just, might just be called the Beatles museum. I don't know what it's called. Um, But they've got a lot of like actual like artifacts and like instruments and clothes and, you know, stage gear and different things like that. Um, Like, and so that is like, we should go. That looks like it's a really cool spot. But um, no, I'm I'm with you on on the strawberry fields thing. Like when we went and kind of like we did the magical mystery tour, but like self guided. Like we're yeah, like let's yeah. just save the money and Uber everywhere. So we did that. Um, <laughs> but they hadn't re- like, like I know they recently like rebuilt and reopened like a a center yeah. at Strawberry Fields, and they hadn't done that yet. So when we went, it was like the gate was there, and there was just like trees behind it and like nothing. Um, and yeah. I was like, God, I, I want to go in there, but like, I'm not going to hop the fence like a hooligan. But <laughs> I would do the same thing if I had time now. Like ne- next time we go, if I've got like nothing to do, I'm like, let's just go walk the yeah. grounds and sit for a half hour. Like, that's it. well, you can you can go now. They finished it now. I think there's a cafe. I'm not really sure, but oh, but um, see, that's what I wanted. I wanted to. Go. <laughs> I tell you what, though, Jonathan. Next time, you don't need to get an Uber. We will drive you around yes. anywhere. We'll oh, drive. Yes. We will have the best time. We'll have the best yes. time. We're going to party so hard. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. So what does the future hold for El Vanilla? Where are you guys at right now on the list? What's the most recent number? Do you know offhand? Cool. We've just, we've just got past 50. If you want an exact number, I'm not sure I can give it to you. But, um, <laughs> so are you, so are you like halfway done then now? Like. We're halfway done. Oh, oh we're actually way further than I thought. We're on 46 Ooh, um, this week. And so, yeah, I mean, we could be done by this time next year, but <laughs> whether we will be or not, we'll wait and find out. But, uh, right. but we've got, but I tell you, this is where it gets exciting and this is where it gets interesting. And so, I mean, we've done a lot of albums and struggled to say some stuff about some albums, but I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited yeah. to get into some of the stuff we're about mm. to talk about so mm. um and even in this week's like graceland by paul simon it's like wow what an album mm-hmm. like i think we could chat forever so we're, we're having a good time together i mean yeah. we're still friends so i don't think we're, gonna, <laughs> I mean, we're still related so still brothers. Still friends, so. <laughs> i think for a divorce from the family <laughs> i think what's going to be cool in 2022 i think you're going to get a lot of really great new albums coming out like yeah. everything that people have been working on for the last like year and a half, like in the circumstances yeah. of the pandemic, I think you're going to get a lot of big albums from big artists that are going to be really interesting to discuss in the context yeah. of the times that they were written in and what they're released in versus the context of whatever the album on the list is for that week. 
I think you're going to end up with some really cool conversations next year. That's going to be really exciting, sure. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So looking yeah. forward to it. Looking forward to it. Excellent. Looking forward to being a bit more positive on each episode. Yeah, a bit more positive. <laughs> yeah. We sound so miserable every week. <laughs> but it's part of the charm because you, like, even though like you're saying miserable things, you sound pleasant, which is lovely. <laughs> that's how you do it Jonathan you say it with a cheery voice but you just right. tell everyone you hate them you know? no one can get mad <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness well I'm so uh, excited to have you guys back on our show thank you all for doing this again it's yeah, always a pleasure uh, friends if you are not following Elvanilo, uh, what are all the hot spots to follow your your hijinks and listen Yes, yeah, so wherever you get podcasts, we should be there. So just check it out wherever you listen to Ranking the Beatles. You know, we should be on the same uh, channel. I think we release on the same day, right? On Tuesdays. That's a, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. On Tuesdays. Come on, what a, what a Tuesday. That's the day you, to do what, it, man. Tell you what. Cancel all your other plans. You've got too much to do. <laughs> uh, and you can find us on, like, Instagram. That's probably where we do most of our stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's at Elvanilo. And so we would love to chat to you we've had some lovely like fans and like people that we chat to and (laughs) like people from just all over the world and you just like realize how different you are but you all love music and that's Mm. such a wonderful thing and so you learn loads of amazing things about people and have so much fun just chatting and we've had some like people like sending us videos from their trucks and stuff like that and like (laughs) (laughs) that's just so fun and so funny to like just interact and chat with people so yeah yeah, we're we're really enjoying it so we you know hook us up man and we we'd love to chat mm-hmm. you know we're having a good time yeah we'd love mm-hmm. to join to have you join us yeah. any plans for a new uh after dark episode soon those are always fun little side episodes oh, look we're in demand it's, it's dark all the time here so we <laughs> should <laughs> we should do dark, an after yeah. dark get yeah. the jazz bed off mm. and christmas is coming so maybe That's we'll cool. have some christmas bonuses oh yeah but and you... the end of year review oh my gosh we've got so much to do <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh, well, fantastic. Well, everybody, please make sure to go follow and subscribe and listen to Elvanilo, one of our favorite podcasts. Uh, Adam, Matt, Grace, always an absolute pleasure to talk to y'all. An absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank you y'all too, for mate. Us. Thank you so much. Excellent. We'll do it again yeah. soon. Yeah, yes. I can't wait. Wonderful. All right, gang. Thank y'all so much. See you. Take care. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, how much fun was that? Matt, Adam, and Grace, the good, good folks at El Vanilo. Such good friends. That's been one of the best things about doing this podcast is meeting all these wonderful friends uh, that we've made all over the world. Uh, it's super fun. So hopefully, if you've not listened to their podcast, highly, highly recommended. Uh, it is a wonderfully good time. So go give that a listen. I got through it. I did an episode without Julia. It feels weird. I kind of think I'm going to go take a shower now. I feel strange about it. Um, she will be back on the next episode though. so don't fret this is not a forever thing anyhow what do you all think about I want to tell you coming in at number 155 you think I'm too high do you think I'm too low and I'm going to do it because she's not here do you think just like baby bear's porridge it's just right let us know what you think uh, drop it in the comments anywhere you interact with us uh, as always you can find us on Facebook at Ranking the Beatles. You can follow us on Instagram at Ranking the Beatles. Also on Twitter at Ranking Beatles. There tends to usually be different uh, content between all three places. 
because I like to keep it crazy like that. So let me know your thoughts. Uh, and also, if you haven't checked out RankingTheBeatles.com, that is our website. Uh, we do hope to have a little something, something up there available uh, for purchase in the very near future if you're interested in it. Uh, something I've been working on for a little bit. Very excited about it. Just got to get it finished. So soon. Anyhow, that's all I got for this week, y'all. So I'm going to go ahead and run. You guys have a wonderful week. And we'll see you back here next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I'm Jonathan. This is Ranking the Beatles. Adios.